Welcome to the Make You Famous Podcast, where host Jeffrey Goldsmith talks with guests about fame and how to achieve it. I'm your host, Jeffrey Goldsmith, and check out the book at makeyoufamous.co. Annabelle Lee is a publisher, poet, and a Brooklyn-based editor who helped me tighten up This Book Can Make You Famous. She's been working in the lit and art scene in New York City for decades. I'm sure we'll learn more about Annabelle as we record this podcast. Welcome, Annabelle. Hi, Jeff. How are you today? Pretty good. So you're a highly sought-after editor who already has too many projects, but I'm really glad my mentor, Jeff Goldberg, introduced me to you. What intrigued you about, about this book, about fame? It's something that everyone needs to know about in order to understand how to get along in the world now. Social media, the news the way it is, enjoying your life. Fame is really important and success is important. Okay. So, so, and, and in a way that's true. So when we say fame, you know, success might have been, an, you know, a, a similar, um, we might have used that in the title, but it really focuses on how to become known, how to become recognized. Yeah. One thing you mentioned is that you felt feel like each chapter stands on its own. Are there any particular chapters that you related to that you really enjoyed reading and thinking about? There was the getting attention um, where you talked about activism and being active within the world in issues that really matter to you. That one, that one was really important to me. Getting your hands dirty, and even though a lot of that was about gardening, which is something I've only done as a hobby part of my life, and a bit about cannabis in there. They're not the specific things, but it is that idea of getting your hands dirty because I've been a printer, I've been a very hands-on person, and that's something that um, that I really could relate to. The measuring fame, I found I could relate to a lot because how... There are a couple of chapters where you talked about sort of data gathering and how it works now, and those were really relevant to me because social media is so important, and the kinds of responses that you get and where they come from those are those are some of the ones that i uh you know I think of right off top of the bat, although of course self publishing which is what this book is about and um and I have done some of that on my own is very, um, very relevant to me. So the altruistic uh, approach, you know, uh, protesting something so that you make change in the world. I mean, it's similar, you know, the the one about gardening, like you can actually Mm -hmm. become famous by gardening. It's also super interesting, right? So those... Those are sort of related. I mean, it's 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 less of the flashy lifestyle stuff and more of the and and even self-publishing. It's more of the um, doing the work to become known for something, something you believe in, whether it's a, a book, whether it's a cause, or whether it's um, something you've actually grown with your hands. You 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 like these ideas. Oh, very much so. Very much so. Because when you've got something that's a inner passion for you and it gets to this it can get to this point in your life where you wonder like is this something i really should pursue like what's the point of this tiny little you know whether it's a hobby or an interest or something there is a reason to do it and that is that if you go deeper with it if you really 
follow your heart and really do the best you can with it because you love to do it, it is going to make you famous if you stick with it. And I mean, the busking chapter also had a lot of that kind of idea where, you know, you've got, you've got a Rod Stewart, right? Just, uh, you exactly. know, just doing his thing, right? doing his thing. But the thing is, he didn't get himself all scattered. He didn't go all over the map. You know, maybe I should be doing this in order to make a living. No. What he did was he said, this is what I love to do, and I'm going to stick to it. And he became famous for that. He he became famous as much for his talent as for his perseverance. Right. So that's something the listeners probably don't know, is that Rod Stewart started out as a harmonica player on the street and got his first gig as a harmonica player in a band and became the guy who sang, Don't You Think I'm Sexy? What's the song? Don't You Want My Body? (laughs) Yeah. If you think I'm sexy and you want my body, come on, baby, let it show. Exactly. I saw saw him on the street. I think I I saw him on 57th Street, like, 20, 30 years ago with an old girlfriend, Yona, backer, and, and he ran away from us once we recognized him. <laughs> yeah. What I think will be interesting for readers is how much you, along some of the experiences that you've had, where you've really gained some wisdom and some knowledge about what fame is and how famous people have come come into it. You have something you've brought to this book that you're bringing up here when you mentioned meeting Rod Stewart, you know, seeing him, that throughout the book, you know, scattered throughout are experiences, personal experiences that you valued, experiences you had personally, so the reader gets to be your buddy and live yeah. some of those experiences with you and learn what you learned, and ha- and we find out how you gained the wisdom to be able to write a book that has the validity that this book has. It's not only that what you're saying is true, it's that it's lived experience and we get to relive it with you. Well, that, that's a very, very nice thing to say, Annabelle. You know, before you started talking about that, I, I you were talking about following your passion, Yes. Um, I, I was I was at the Apple store yesterday getting some help, and the right. fellow who was helping me told me, you know, I, I, he said, well, what do you, what was your book? And so I told him, and he said, oh, and I asked him, is there anything that he does that he would want to get famous for? And he said, yeah, photography. And yes. I asked him, well, have you photographed any, what do you photograph? And he said, musicians. And I'm like, well, have you photographed famous musicians? And he, and he said, yes, three. One of, the, one of the guys from Coldplay and the other two, I can't remember mm-hmm. I said, well, you can make up a website where you just have those three photographs and then come up with a list of credits of, of places you've shot for in the past and then just write to every club owner in San Francisco and tell them that you want to shoot for free all the musicians that come through and you'll get gigs if you're persistent. He was like, oh, my God, it sounds like so much work. And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just happen. And yeah. so there is, uh, you know, how to do it, but then there's the work that people have to to do to to achieve these things. Yeah, and that, that's the, that's the thing that kind of shocked me in, in writing this book is is realizing that it's attainable, but you have to work to do it. You do make the work seem doable. You don't always say it's going to be easy, but I think for people who want to be famous, who want to get their name or their talent or their gift out in the world. You make it possible. This book makes it, makes it possible. 
you've learned some things, I think, Annabelle, in, in looking at this book. For example, like um, you mentioned oh. gold digger videos and the dollar store videos. Yes, love those. Why? Well, for one thing, they're cutting edge. They're a kind of, also the vines, right, the whole idea of what vines are. It's a cutting edge use of social media, and it's incredibly entertaining. And it is right now of the minute. This book is for right now, and it will keep, it'll stay exciting because of that, it, because of some of the, it'll the stay, content. It'll stay that. relevant for a little while in, in the world we live in. Well, but it'll stay exciting, too. Exciting. Relevant and exciting. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I have uh, trouble to- tooting my own horn and saying, oh, yes, I've written an exciting book. But uh, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's exciting for me. That's what I'm saying. You know, once, once I followed one of your, you know, URLs, one of your, one of your suggestions once, and I found out, wow, that was fun. I wanted to do that, right? So when you would bring something up, I would check it out. Interesting. Okay. So in your own life, Annabelle, I mean, and you're working mm-hmm. on your own book projects, right? Yeah. How do you think you might apply some of this to your own work? I, I, I don't know. I'm just curious whether you have any ideas about that yet. Well, I'll tell you, in the, the chapter that's about public relations, and that was one of the mm-hmm. chapters where you do really lay it out, this takes work. And you tell something about your writing a cafe haiku and then promoting mm-hmm. it. You suggested one one way to go is you hire a PR person. And mm-hmm. I have worked with PR people in the in the past, but mostly on that other side, right? Where I was mm-hmm. one of the marketing people, creating brochures, creating publications. And it really made me think about how it could be important for me one day to actually hire a PR person. And where I've seen books, for example, that authors I know, even ones where they were where they were promoted by big houses, when the houses didn't put the money into the publicity budget, it didn't work. And it's worth it to do it. It's really worth it. You you showed me that. So that's yeah. one of the ways, you know. I mean, you could do it yourself too. I mean, exactly. because I talked about sending postcards and and emails to all these editors in in, in like in Chicago, and that right. way you can get an edit, a writer from a newspaper like Chicago Tribune to come to your event and then write about you. But you really yeah. have to go after them in a hardcore way to to make yeah. it happen. Yeah, but most PR people, you know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's that's one of the things that people don't know about the publishing world is that yeah. oftentimes you have to hire your own publicist because yes. the publishing house doesn't put the marketing budget and energy behind it. They just, you know, they send it to Kirkus Reviews and that's it, you know. Yeah, Good exactly. luck. And the publicity people who are doing that for a living, they have those relationships. They're going out for lunch and going out for drinks with the people who are writing, the, you know, the profile in the New Yorker or the New York Times book review or whatever it is. Those are real people out there. And for an author or for a small press publisher or for a self-publisher, you don't have those relationships. You might know, oh, there's a great bookstore in Milwaukee. And if the people who work there read the book and they like the book and they put mm-hmm. it up on their staff picks, Right? 
shelf, mm-hmm. that book is going to get sold in that neighborhood, even though that neighborhood of Milwaukee, where Woodland Pattern is, right? That's going to get sold in that neighborhood, even though you may live wherever you live in San Francisco, in Las Vegas, in Brooklyn, wherever it is, right? Because mm-hmm. you've made that personal contact. But you make a contract or some arrangement with a real, quote-unquote, PR person, someone who's doing Mm -hmm. this all the time, who's been fostering these relationships for months, years, decades, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you're you're talking about buddies, right? They see each other. They know who those people are. That's what they do. Right. You're actually... um, It's important to remember. It's important to remember. Yeah, the fact that if you can pay a PR person, if you have the budget... They yeah. know when, when they when you send out a press when they send out a press release when they pitch when they propose yeah. a story to a writer they know right. that writer they know that editor exactly. and they trust exactly. them so that yes. you know the writer has a higher probability of writing about you than if yeah. you just wrote to the writer and said hey I just published a book called this book can make you famous do you want to write about it yeah. the, the chance of them writing about it is less although. You can do it, as I you you know, can. in that yeah. chapter, you know, because um, if you have the time and you can do the work, back to that work thing, to send right. out the postcards and send out the emails and call up those editors and get them to come to your events. So you yeah. can do it, yeah. but it's it's um, you have the time, you have the ability to actually go out and, and do that stuff. Yeah. Well, I think one of the most important chapters when we talk about that aspect of fame is the chapter mm-hmm. about breaking out of your prison. And the way that you talk about the two sides of that. One, the people who actually were in prison, right? Mandela, for example. But the other kind of prison is the one you erect for yourself. You right. say, oh, you might even say, I'm a damn good writer. I wrote a good novel. I wrote a good book about how to make every kind of taco in the world. Whatever you did, you may even believe in yourself a thousand percent. But if you say to yourself, I can't get this book to those people who live in that neighborhood of Milwaukee, you're not going to get it to them. You have to break out of that prison that says it's going to take some magic stroke, some miracle of the universe. It doesn't. It takes the work. And you, that's what you lay out in every chapter, what that work is. So this is another uh, sort of way of looking at the book is that becoming famous is a way of breaking out of these mental constructs. I'm not that exactly. kind of person. I can't do that. Well, why exactly. not? And yep. a lot of people have these preconceptions about themselves that, you know, you can change the way you're, you behave or what you wear or or the kind of things you do at night or yeah. um, the sort of stuff you say and what you talk about. You know, Ellen DeGeneres was afraid of public speaking. Yeah. So she became funny in order to ward off that fear. Yeah. And then she started doing comedy shows because her mom encouraged it. And then she got a break and ended up on The Tonight Show. And then she got her own show on TV. And then she came out. And then she was off TV. And then she went to cable. And then she did a talk show. And now she's a public speaker. (laughs) So it's incredible how these things go. And she's famous. And she's famous. She's she's And, you know, that's one of the anecdotes I relate in the book, how she high-fived me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know this—it's a great example of she broke out of her prison, which was fear of public speaking, and, yeah. and that's absolutely 
this is what you have to do if you want to get out there and and tell the world what you're doing. You can't just yeah. hide in your behind your computer at home. You gave uh, a great example of your own when you went to Palladium and you oh, called right. them and you right. said, "My name is what Werner? What was your name?" <laughs> <Some> <laughs> German. I am representing yeah. ZKM Network. For the benefit of the listeners. Yeah, so what Annabelle is referring to is I scammed my way into the opening of the Palladium. This is back in the 90s, but you can too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually talked to that photographer about that yesterday, that he could easily create a website and then say he's shooting for such and such a publication, but it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be shooting for that publication at all. He can just scam his way into whatever shows he wants. Right. Yeah, and that goes for everybody. So what's next, Annabelle? You're you're gonna you're working on a book. How much do you want to talk about that? Well, <laughs> I feel like that. <laughs> or do you want to talk I, about I your, to the other books you're book working because, on? Because well, there well one book that I'm working on. I just I just had a revelation, and maybe it, it might be partly from working on your book. There's a book that I did called The Book of Signs, which I was just looking for a printer. Because I thought it was going to be a little kind of cutesy thing. The signs were the signs I saw January 21st, 2017, Washington, D.C., Women's March. Mm -hmm. So these were signs. I wrote them down. I typed them up. I figured out, you know, like, I mean, actually, a lot of other people, I didn't figure it out myself. I showed it to a bunch of people. They were like, this book has to be published. So I thought, well, I'll just do a little self-publishing. So I was looking around who, who makes books like this. I inquired of a publisher in Geneva, Switzerland, because they make a lot of little books, because this needed to be like a little hand hand thing. They want to publish it. So now they're going to publish it. So a friend of mine from Geneva was like, you have to come to Geneva for the launch party. I wasn't even thinking launch party, but that's the power of your book. It's like, of course, it's a book that's going to come out. There's going to be a launch. There could be launches in a thousand places, right, around the world, given that it's about the Women's March, given what these signs say, for example, Viva La Volva. I mean, what is a more universal, you know, slogan than Viva La Volva? I mean, exactly. I mean, you you could, you you, you name it, right? So that's one, one project. Or not project coming up. I mean, the book is in production, and I may be going over to Geneva for the launch party. But I am also working on a novel. So that, when you first said it, I was like, oh, my God, do I talk about my novel? Because that's, of course, the scariest thing on the planet, right? But um, But the book of signs, you know, so you could do launch parties all over the planet. I know that. I know that. Yes. Yeah. Thanks to you, I know that. Which I didn't, I might not have gotten. I mean, it's not a, it's not a rational line of thought for me because I'm not a person no, who's it, saying, I want to be famous as an author and I don't care what the book is and I'm going to get out there and stand on my soapbox. I'm just not that personality. I'm sitting inside, well, you, you know, with my that's words. Exa- yeah. that's, that's exactly what we were talking about a minute ago. It's like you don't yeah. think of yourself in those terms. But exactly. it's perfectly acceptable to exactly. reframe who you are and what you can do. And it benefits so that, a lot of people for you to do it, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah. publisher it, is going to be really happy, not only if I come to Geneva and make a serious launch where they say author is present, right? That matters to mm-hmm. them. But it also mm-hmm. is important 
for them and for all the women who wrote all those signs and for everything that, you know, kind of swirls around what the Book of Signs is about, let that book get out there and be, you know, launched, you know, like mm-hmm. a rocket ship. Yeah. That's fame. That's that's what fame is, the launching the rocket ship. I hope that that book, and I'm not even clear what it is. It's a book of signs, but they're literal yeah. signs around the Women's March. Exactly. It's the words from the signs, the, the ones, not the ones that had to do with images, because that's another book. And actually, mm-hmm. there was one done already, and it hasn't been, I don't think it's been promoted very well at all. And if you look at the layout, Jeff, I think you'll agree it's a mess. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, that's how it is. I mean, friends of mine back in, what was that, like early 80s, made a book, mm-hmm. and they were based in Amsterdam, of 60s. Signs, right? Signs from the 60s that were the political signs that represented kind of, you know, the ethos of 1968. Paris, New York, Washington, all of what was going on in 68. They put that out in the 80s. We live in a different era now. It's already April 20th, right? That March was January 21st. That book is already almost late, if you see what I mean. We live in a much Mm -hmm. more instant universe right now. Mm-hmm. So, but, that's, but that's you know, ha- ha- that sounds good. I mean, having yeah. that book, you know, recording all of those yeah. um, signs seems like a really relevant, altruistic thing to do. Well, yeah. it's also like haikus. Look, you wrote a lot of haikus. I write 34 syllable poems, and I've had two books of those out. And those, you know, those distilled thoughts that are poetry is a very important thing for our tweeting world, right? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. having concise language is what people want, need, and use. So that's where the Book of Signs is very relevant, not only for what the messages are, but the form they take, the way that your cafe haiku is important because of the form that that language takes. Really I loved your stories about your, your haiku slams. It's great. <laughs> yeah, events work. You know, I mean, yes. if you did if you did events around the Book of Signs and and, exactly. and, and involve the Women's March movement, yes. that book will get known. Well, this has been a great chat, Annabelle. I don't want to, you know, I don't want our listeners to fall asleep at the wheel. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. You can tell, that. and I think the I think the listeners can tell. I love the book. <laughs> I wasn't, I I was doing it as a job and I was loving it. I loved working on that book with you. Thanks. Thanks for the well, opportunity. I, I appreciate it too. And, you know, Jeff was my mentor back in, in my 20s. You know, he helped me get started in journalism. And, you know, when he, I, I didn't interview any other editors, he introduced me to you and that was it. Thanks for listening and be sure to check out the book at makeyoufamous.co. 